we were in negotiations. Investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amalsh. This podcast is different than anything that we've really seen before, anything that I've seen or heard before, in that we not only focus on helping real estate investors, but we dig into the content creation behind that. So our goal is to help real estate investors and real estate influencers make more money. Now, I know you're going to love the episode. And when you do, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. Speaking of friends, Sean. So glad to have you on. You guys are going to love this episode. Sean has been with Pine Financial for over 10 years now. So he's instrumental. One of the originals, yeah? He's been instrumental in uh, helping us with the Success Summit out in Minnesota, our hard money lending classes, so much of the education that we do to help our clients. Sean is a part of that. So Sean, I'm so glad to have you on, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad you you asked me to be on here. Anything I can do to help is I'm all for it. Well, it's a lot of fun. This has been a fun ride with you and all the, the business we've been able to do and create together and the uh, people we've been able to help. So I definitely want to dig into that a little bit, but let's go back first, if you don't mind, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, like Kevin said, I'm Sean Bloomquist. I'm uh, kind of the guy for Pine Financial out in Minnesota. Um, Kevin and I have known each other almost 20 years now, which is crazy to think of. It's but I, I had a background, I grew up in construction, um, worked in corporate America for a handful of years. I really did not like corporate America in the least. And so I, I was uh, less, than, less than enthused about that. But when you uh, asked me to join Pine Financial, um, it seemed like a good fit with my background. And uh, it, it was something I, I wanted to jump at and, and see if we could uh, make this work. As far as about me, um, I live in Minnesota. I've been in Minnesota my entire life. I have a wife and two kids. I enjoy doing outdoor stuff, play sports. Even though I'm getting older, that's kind of slowing down. <laughs> but uh, it gets get dark tougher, isn't it? I know. I know. I still try to stay active, but it seems like injuries happen a whole lot easier than they used yeah. to. So I love doing what I do. I, I put it that way. I love doing what I do. It's uh, it's a pleasure to do work every day, and uh, it doesn't feel like work when we're helping people succeed and make money. So, yeah. So when you say corporate America, that was U.S. Bank, right? Yeah, I was an account manager for uh, like corporate credit cards for Fortune 500 companies. And it wasn't a terrible job. I just didn't, you know, I was good at it. I just didn't like the the constant micromanaging of people, I guess. Yeah. So describe this for me. When you worked there, was it like little cubicles you had to work in? And yeah, we I sat in a cube, and and uh, yeah, we're. It was a team of um, eight people. So it was me and seven other people sitting in cubes. You could hear a murmur all the time and you could, you know, look across and see one person, but you couldn't see the rest of them. So it was, uh, it was exactly what you picture when people say, you know, cube, cube world or whatever they call it, you know, cube farm. So yeah, yeah, picture that. I worked at First Bank, which is a bank primarily in Colorado, same, same kind of thing. I worked in the loans department and we had the little cubicles and that's pretty funny. So I could picture you you in that. (laughs) Yeah. You know exactly. (laughs) And then um, you have a background in construction a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was an architect and I grew up uh, hands-on in construction in every aspect of it. So I've, uh, 
remodeled, I've built houses, done all that good stuff. So my hands have been dirty doing all the same stuff our rehabbers are doing. So yeah, and I think that's coming huge. So both the finance background at working in the cubicle and the um, the construction background has been huge in helping helping your clients be successful. Oh yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Um, I know exactly what they're looking at when they're trying to, you know, make sure if a, a deal is going to work. And then once it comes down to the actual construction side of it, I've been through all of it, so I I can either lend them a helping hand and and advising them on something, or I can tell if they're you know, maybe cutting a corner on something and they shouldn't be. So it's, uh, it's, it's come in instrumental in uh, making this a smooth transition. So. Yeah, I was just um, had a conversation. We actually recorded it. It's going to be a podcast episode um, also. So I'm, I'm not sure yours will come out after that one, but sure. it was with Anthony Virch and, and he had, he had mentioned your name in that a couple of times and just how much you've helped him. Um, yeah. Anthony, Anthony's a great guy. Um, it, and you know as well as I do that you know you you work enough with uh, some of these clients they become your friends and uh, Anthony's just a great dude. I he and his wife Cassie I've known them now well since they started. I mean they when they got into this they came to us and and we helped them out and helped point them in the right direction and now they're they're blown up and they're doing all kinds of good things. So yeah, they're doing fantastic. It was really fun to talk to him. Do you remember, do you remember the success summit we were at when I think it was his very first one and we were at the happy hour after, I don't know if it was the after, after meeting or just the after meeting, but he was telling us about that party bus and I was like, so into it. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got all kinds of crazy stuff he's doing. Yeah. I think he does own a party bus now or he's renting one out or something like that. So, so. funny, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just an entrepreneur. Yep. Exactly. Um, so that was just one example of someone that was just getting started and um, he was going to some real estate investment clubs and that kind of thing. And then he met us and you, and he said, you just, you would, you were willing to go out to the property and meet him out there and walk him through and give him some advice. And he still remembered the piece of advice, like, don't, don't put that washer and dryer in there. No one needs that. He still remembered that. Yeah. To this day, when, uh, whenever I see him, he, he brings up the fact that if he would have listened to me, he probably would have made $20,000 more on this project, even though he made, I think he made like 40,000 on that first one. He said he could have made probably 20,000 more if he would have just listened to me. Uh, most of the stuff I was telling him, but that's awesome. You know what? I, I, it, it's not out of the ordinary. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that won't lend to newer investors. They're, they they kind of have a little hesitation of someone who doesn't have the experience doing this. And granted, it is a little bit of risk dealing with someone who's brand new, but I, I don't, I don't mind dealing with new people. I like seeing people, you know, take that leap and, and try and be successful. And if we can point them in the right direction and give them a little bit of guidance, boy, if they succeed, it's just all that much more rewarding oh, us. Feels great, doesn't it? You probably get hit up all the time when people are just saying thank you. And because of you, oh, yeah, excellent yeah, happened. Yeah. And, and the, you know, I've talked to people just on the phone or on email and just answered some of their questions. And even if they didn't end up using us for whatever reason, they've come back to me you know, a, a year or two later and said, boy, you know, you just, you helped me get off the fence or you helped me, you know, know what I'm doing. So I didn't get burned in this because this is an industry you can get, you can get taken advantage of, you can get burned really easily, but as long as you get the right people in your corner and, and people that are being honest with you up front, it's, uh, it's something where you can make a lot of money and you can create the life you want. Yeah, I totally agree. And and you're doing that um, through all the education and everything. And I want to get to that, but tell me a story about 
just curious because you deal with so much. So I know you have so much in your mind that you could share with the audience. Like, give me a story of someone that was brand new or just kind of getting started that maybe was making some mistakes or a mistake that they made and see if we could help someone prevent that mistake um, going forward. Well, a good example would have been Anthony. Well, Anthony was a good example. That's what made me think of the question, right? <laughs> no, there, there's, um, you know, I can't think of one exactly offhand, but there, there have been some where, um, you know, somebody newer, and, and when they send me their budget, um, you know, what they're planning to do to the property, it, there's many times where I'll look at it and say, you really don't need to do that, or you should maybe think about doing it this way instead. Um, you know, the the one example excuse me, the one example that really stands out is I can't tell you how many times people think that they can just paint kitchen cabinets and that they're going to turn out, you know, as, as good as can be. The irony is the cost to paint them and do it the right way. You can tear them out and buy new ones and they're going to look new when you open them up. If you paint old ones, they're still going to look old when you open them up. So it, it stands out, especially in a kitchen area where, I mean, that's the first thing people see when they walk into the house. So, you know, it's just little things like that. Or like you said, with the washer and dryer, don't waste your money on it. So it, it isn't one example in particular, but it's just a whole bunch of little things over time where, you know, people that, you know, nobody's told them that everybody's told them what they should be doing, but nobody's really told them what they shouldn't be doing, you know, and, and uh, what you shouldn't be doing can most of the time be just as helpful, if not more helpful, you know? That's interesting you bring up the cabinets because I, I totally agree with that one. And that's one of those investors that are being too cheap, right? But one of the mistakes I see a lot is people overbuilding or doing oh, yeah. over improving. And so that's, have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's all dependent on their neighborhood or, or market they're in or whatever else. I mean, if it's, you know, here, here in Minnesota, a majority of the houses have a basement and, you know, there's parts of the country that don't, but you know, it, dependent on your neighborhood, you may or may not want to finish the basement. You know, it's it's something that, yes, it's excess living area. And you can you can obviously, if you finish it off, it'd be great living space that get used all the time. But depending on the neighborhood, if no other houses in that neighborhood have a finished basement, you probably don't want to spend the money on it. You're just not going to get that return on investment, you know, or, or like you said, the over-improvement. I mean, it, you don't need to make it a you know, top of the line kitchen, just make it a nice new looking kitchen and, and make it so that people want to buy it. But it doesn't have to be something that's crazy, super nice that stands out because it you're just not going to get that return on investment depending on the neighborhood. So yeah, depending on the neighborhood and the market, yep. like right now, I know things are slowing down a little bit and we're hearing that rates are up all of this. Um, but you know, an average market, if you're looking at months of inventory, the average is what, four to five, something like that. Minnesota, it's like 1.6 as we're recording this. Um, yeah. I mean, it's well under half of, a, of an average neutral market. So, I mean, over-improving when the market is strong like this doesn't make sense really at all, right? No, no, not at all. You're, like you said, like we were saying, you just don't get that return on investment. You know, it's, it's not going to make it sell any faster. You're not going to get the full return. I mean, you're going to spend a whole lot of money and you're not going to get all of it back. So why, why go crazy with it? Just... Just do what you need to do to make the house look nice and sell and and just run with it as is. You're probably going to get, you know, market value for the property then. Yeah. All right. So let's go into this government issues that we've run into a little bit out there. <laughs> this is a, a hot topic in our office because um, Minneapolis is very 
how do I say this? Unique in their approach to providing affordable housing. Um, They make it damn near impossible to do that. So what we're going to have friends from Minnesota listening in to the episode. So what kind of advice or what are you seeing in, in Minneapolis specifically? And what kind of advice would you give to someone that needs to navigate that? Well, have a lot of patience. Um, no, the, yeah. the city of Minneapolis has just been a very challenging, not a challenging market, but just dealing with the with the city and, and government officials um, and, and the way they structure everything just makes it very difficult for investors and lenders as well to um, to succeed. I mean, it, it's just so they, strange. They, they set up barriers at every step of the way. And what I would tell people is if you're looking at Minneapolis, it's a great market, obviously, to get deals done. We see deals all the time in Minneapolis. Just know that, you know, if it's a vacant property, boy, you're going to have some sky high vacant property fees. I mean, to the tune of what are they now, 7,100 a year? Well, just all the other things that can come with it assessment wise, you know, like like overgrown lawns are just going to be challenges and they are less than flexible on all of it. And, and it doesn't matter where you stand in the equation if you're you know buying it from a bank own or if you're buying it from a uh, an individual seller or if it's a redemption property through you know pre-foreclosure it's just every step of the way they make it challenging so just you know what i would say to me city of minneapolis is there are still deals there but just know that you are going to have much more challenge there than you will in let's say a first tier suburb you know it's, it's so much easier in those those smaller cities, they just, they want you to do business there because they want it improved. And it seems like Minneapolis is the opposite. It just seems like they're, they're doing everything they can to shoot themselves in the foot when when people are trying to make neighborhoods nicer. You know, it's just, I I don't get it. I don't get it. And like you said, it's a hot topic in our, in our office because we're dealing with it all the time with this city. So it's just, boy, it's frustrating. Yeah, we actually even had um, the idea of having a mayor panel at our last success summit. We were hoping to get Minneapolis up there so that we could just be real candid and ask, like, why are you creating problems? Do you not want us, the room, 200 real estate investors investing in your city? You don't want us to come in and and rehab houses? Like, help me understand the approach here. Um, Unfortunately, Sean, they did not accept our invitation. (laughs) <laughs> now their their response time was uh on par with how quickly they get out to inspect the properties it uh i think we reached out like three or four months in advance and they got back to us about a week before our event so something like that yeah actually yeah. He, or she right it's a female uh, mayor right it's a, it's a male mayor um male, but okay. it was his assistant or whoever that reached out Okay. And they actually did ex- accept our invitation. It was just not enough time for us. Yeah, to it was too late. I mean, we had already set up a different style panel because we couldn't wait until the last minute when we've got 200 guests already paid to come see something. So, yeah, man, that would have been great, right? I know that would be. I just thought, well, we'll ask you a question. To, yeah, we'll have to reach out again, maybe right now for next year's panel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, man, I hope it gets easier out there because it is making it tougher for investors to do business. And, and you know, for us, we, we've even contemplated not, not doing business in Minneapolis at all. Um, and I know investors are doing the same thing. So that's part of the challenge that real estate investors are having right now is with some of these municipalities. So if you're listening to this and you're just kind of getting started, 
give us a call. Um, give whoever your lender or professionals in that in your market are a call and just find out, like ask these questions. Is, is anybody having trouble in different cities with permitting or inspections or any of that? Yeah. I, I would do that before you before you buy. So I guess that's just some advice I would give. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, and, and what I would say to it is, I don't think Minneapolis is an anomaly. I think that maybe a majority of the bigger metro areas might be having more challenges. And the, and the reason I say that is because, um, you know, COVID didn't do a favor to any of that stuff because they, they switched over to, you know, um, working from home for a lot of these government employees. And then some of the stuff where, at least I know in the city of Minneapolis, some of the stuff where you would be able to hop on the phone and call, you know, maybe a certain inspector um, if you were in maybe approval process for plans or something like that, you could call that person up, talk to them on the phone, get it figured out, keep it moving through the process. Well, they switched that over now to an automated system. And if you have a question, it delays the process and they put you back to the end of the queue. And then you got to go through the whole waiting process again. So it's, um, it's certainly um, become much more difficult because of that and they haven't switched back to the way they used to be and I don't think they ever will now but um, I mean that's just my that's just my guess that I bet you a lot of a, a lot of bigger metro areas are kind of in the same boat the real estate educators podcast is brought to you by pine financial group pine financial group is a private lender specializing in value add bridge lending for real estate investors this is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns the fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. I just know that we have so much trouble in Minneapolis. And of the markets, you know, the four major markets that we deal with, it's it's not even close. It's by far the most challenging. So, but I'm yeah. sure you're right. I mean, especially some of the cities out in California. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can imagine they're probably similar. <laughs> yeah, California, New York. I, I can't even imagine doing business in either one of those. So. Well, let's shift here. Um, we kind of blew right past this, but when you first started working for Pine, I remember we brought you out to Denver and kind of did ran you through the ringer. Yeah. Um, describe for me that that first like week or two of us working together, how how that went. You know, it was um, it was overwhelming. I mean, it uh, you know, there's a there's a lot to understand. You know, a lot of the stuff that I had to learn was the same stuff I'm telling people right now just explaining how what hard money is and how it works and how it can be to your advantage because if you don't understand it all you look at are the rates or anything like that it can be it can be intimidating it can be something that people don't understand and they're like wow that's that's really expensive or that's I don't understand why somebody would use that but once you actually learn it and you understand how it works and how it can be beneficial it's it's crazy how powerful it is so it, it was a lot to bring in at first um you know it was kind of an unknown for me 
you know, working on, on a commission basis when you come from a W-2 employee. I was lucky enough that my spouse made a decent enough living where even if it took me a while to get going, we'd be okay. Um, so it was a little bit of a risk, but we were willing to take it and we were willing to jump in both feet. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a lot to bring in in that first week, a lot, a lot of stuff to learn, but with my background, it made it a little bit easier. It, it wasn't like I was coming in completely blind, but um, obviously I had questions upon questions upon questions. And they were probably, you know, every time I saw something I had to it, I'd second guess myself. So I'd be asking a question on it. But, um, you know, once once I was able to um, take in that information, came back to Minnesota and I started attending all the real estate events in town and. Man, for that first year, I think I was at an event almost every night of the week. Yeah, and I remember. It, was, uh, it, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot to do and it was a lot to absorb. But by getting my face out there and really touching as many people as I could, even if they knew more than I did up front, it was a huge benefit. And and now, I mean, not to pat ourselves in the back, but now 10 plus years later, I've got people who their regular bank is telling them, go talk to Sean at Pine Financial. He can probably help you out with something like this. And it's somebody that I've never even talked to before. You know, we're just, we've we've built that name in in town or in the state of Minnesota now where we're, we're one of the go-to uh, institutions to go to. And it, it feels pretty good to to say that, you know, we built that from the ground up. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm just getting chills thinking about it. And I, I remember uh, I remember the first couple of weeks and you coming out here and we were just hammering you. With, we had all these classes lined up. We were teaching classes and the happy hours. And then we started flying out there and we did our our happy hours and yep. monthly events out there. And we got the Success Summit going. And, and that's really the core of Pine and what we've done. Let's provide value, 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 value. Let's focus on your success and I learned that early on, but once, once that shifted in my mind that I'm not worried about the commission, I'm more worried about you client being successful and me helping you become rich or meet your goals or whatever it is. That's when it really started um, producing for us. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's get into that. So we, I mentioned the happy hours. We do YouTube videos. We have the newsletter that you participate in. We do the classes. Yeah, I know you're teaching a lot of classes. Sometimes you co-op with somebody. So I don't know where you want to start. Um, yeah, I guess the classes is a great start. I mean, that it, to kind of just jump back on what we were talking about starting out. I mean, that was a big hurdle there, just teaching a class, getting up in front of, you know, 30 to 100 people and and explaining this when I'm just getting into it. Um, that was intimidating. And, uh, and it took, you know, a couple of times of getting used to it. But now it's like second nature. I mean, I, I love teaching classes. I love getting in front of a, a group of people and and explaining to them, whether it's, you know, we're doing a, a lunch hour class or if we're doing an evening class or I go and I speak to um, real estate brokerages, you know, teaching all their agents how to use this type of financing or how to help their clients determine after impaired value. Or, I mean, all that stuff is so integral in their client success and our client success that yeah, they, they love having us there because it, one, it's free. I mean, we're, you can't get much better than that, getting free education. And two, it's, it's hands-on. I mean, it's, we're showing them examples right in their market of, of deals that we've done yeah. and, and we can just walk them through things. I mean, if they've got questions on how to analyze a deal, we can walk them through it and, and really dig down into it. And it's just, 
I don't know. It's super, I love it. It's super rewarding seeing these people, you know, seeing the light finally click. I mean, I see, I'll see the same person come to a class two or three times and you can, you can just tell once it finally clicks, you know, and then they are like, Oh yeah. And then they just, you know, then they'll ask a completely different question than they were before. Cause now, cause they're, they're starting to understand it and it's, it's sinking in, but um, yeah, the classes are fun. I mean, it's just, I love getting in front of a group of people and, I, I mean, my personality, I don't like to just stand up there and spit out information. I want to interact with them and I yeah, want to make totally. them laugh and I want them to be relaxed so that they'll they'll learn and not be just sitting in their board trying to listen to a bunch of numbers or something like that. So, um, I mean, that's and that's kind of how all of us are at Pine. I mean, we all have that same. That's why the company is fun to work with. We all have the same. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Attitude or same you know, personality, same value. So we just, we like interacting with people. We like teaching them how to do this stuff, answering their questions. And like you said, we want to see them successful and that obviously trickles down to us, but the more success they have, the better it feels for us in my eyes. I was going to ask if you ever get any business, but I want to ask that, but let me ask something else first, because something we've done in call we have done in Colorado has got our class approved for CE credits, mm -hmm. uh, continued education for the realtors is, is that something, especially in Minnesota, where we have to have a license to do this business anyway? Um, Colorado doesn't like us because they don't regulate us. <laughs> but in Minnesota, we we do have regulation and we have to be bonded and all that. Do you think we should do that? You know, we've talked about it and I've thought about it. I, it, I would like to see what the process is. I mean, it, I don't know if the state's any easier than the city of Minneapolis, but well, it might not be worth it. Huh? <laughs> it might be a headache, but. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it would be a bad idea. I think it would be a great idea to get, um, CE credits for people on these classes because we're teaching enough of them. It, and I think the value is there for people that, that it's worth it for them to attend these. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's something we should, we should explore, um, getting that started. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just wondering, like, so let's say we go through the rodeo, we get the approval. Do you think you would get invited to more real estate offices if you were providing free CE credits? That's a good question. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if the CE credits would, would uh, make a huge jump in invites. I mean, we, we still get invited to quite a few, but yeah. um, you know, without having it right now, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it would be a big bump. Um, I mean, it obviously can't hurt. So, you know, that's, that's my thought is boy, get it. And if you get more business or if you not get more business, but you get more invites from it, all the better. But even if you're still staying where we're at, I mean, it doesn't hurt us in any way to have that. So totally. maybe we should look at that. So we'll get our marketing team looking at that. <laughs> okay, so let me go back to the um, the value. I'm gonna I want to talk about the success summit because that's something yep. we're super proud of. But we're on the classes first, so let me just ask this: Do, do you personally see any value business wise from teaching these classes and helping other investors make money? Oh yeah, all the time. It uh, you know, I, I probably don't get um, a new client out of every single class, but I bet it's every other, maybe every third class, I get at least one borrower out of it. And it's crazy, uh, right? That's yeah, how effective that stuff is. And the crazy thing is, you know, like Anthony, yeah, uh, he was, he attended a class, you know, and, and uh, actually he came to a class with a, a person that he had gone through fortune builders with. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick he introduced, yeah, he yeah, Patrick Pat introduced him to us, right? Yeah, Patrick brought him to a class because Patrick had used us 
and said, hey, I want you to, to see these guys at Pine. They know what they're doing. And brought him to class and we started talking. Next thing you know, he had a deal and we funded it. And yeah, off to the races, you know. And now, now he's and there's been a handful crazy. Of yeah, there's a handful of other people that that have come to the classes and that's how they got started in this. I mean, it wasn't even that they that they had done stuff before and they just started to use us. That was their actual stepping stone was coming to a class and, and learning about hard money or learning about how to buy rental. That would be a good exercise to look back and see how many people I've actually gotten out of classes. But I'm I bet you it's it's quite a few. You know, yeah. that have come to we're doing better now tracking that. So we'll be able to now by going back 10 years, we yeah. we were still learning how to operate oh, right? like we we were yeah. keep tracking that <laughs> it was the wild west for a while so yeah yeah no we're way more sophisticated now yeah okay cool success summit yeah. what's that when is it success talk to summit. You about it. yeah so so we do that in minnesota and colorado uh do you guys still do it twice a year out there or just once no yeah we're just one one yeah, we do it in the fall we do okay it in fall. so yeah we you guys do yours in the fall I do ours in the spring. Yeah, you call it spring. When are you going to say that? <laughs> February is not spring. <laughs> Listen, when, when you go through a winter like Minnesota has, as soon as it starts getting above, you know, a certain temp and you can thaw out, we call it spring. So, um, yeah, we usually do it around uh, the middle of February, middle to end of February. Uh, the reason I like doing it that time of year is, is uh, I feel like people are more energized at the start of the year. You know, they're, they're maybe setting a new New Year's resolution that they want to be a real estate investor this year or, or whatever it ends up being. I just, I feel like they're, they're ready to come out, start doing stuff, get out to events. And yeah, so we do it in Minnesota every year around February, March time. Um, we haven't set an exact date yet for 2024, but it'll probably be right in that, that threshold. I actually talked to the venue that we've used the last few years and they've got openings those Saturdays. So um, we did some all day Saturday event. Uh, you know, we bring in, like we were talking earlier, I think we had right around 200, 210 guests last year, which is awesome. You know, speakers throughout the day, we've got room full of vendors. It's just, they're awesome events. I mean, it's, you can get so much information from them for, for such a little price. It's, I mean, it's less than $40 for an entire day in, in, We've had people come to the event and they're just laughing at us. Like, why aren't you charging hundreds of dollars? Yeah, for this? I get that all the time. Yeah, the the irony is we're just doing the, the cost is just to pay for the venue. It's we're not making a dime on it other than getting connections with people and and networking, which is what this is all about. I mean, networking is is huge in real estate. And if you're not talking to people, you're not getting stuff done. So the you know, the more people we can get in front of and the more people we can teach how to do things the right way or bring in other you know, speakers that we know, like, and trust or used or anything else and, and just give these people as much information as they can get. Yeah, it's a fun event. I mean, it's, it's fun. It takes a lot of work to put it together, but it's worth it when the time comes. I mean, just seeing all these people be there and, and then, uh, you know, we've got a handful of people that I think they've been to it every year and they stay every year as late as we stay and socialize, we'll say. <laughs> Well, we're, we all come out there and we have the hotel rooms, right? So we don't yeah. have no curfew. We're not, we're not driving around. So yeah, I think yeah. that the pine team at least lets loose a little bit out there. That's, right. I think yep. that's what makes it so fun. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a great time and it's a fun event to do. It, uh, I mean, like I said, we've had people that have been to it every single year and we've been doing it since 2014, I think in Minnesota. So this 2024 will be our 10th one. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so this is something we co-op. So we have all of our speakers market the event. So we're trying to build a database with other people's lists, right? Yep. And they they get to speak in front of the room. So they might, if we split the room in half, let's say, keep it simple, 100 in each room, they get the opportunity to sit up there in front of 100 people and teach something. And whenever you're the expert in the room, um, it makes up the networking much easier. So yeah. For me, Sean, um, you you don't have the same issue, at least not to the extent, but I'm super introverted and it's really hard for me to network. So I'm going to a networking event in about a month um, where I don't know anybody and I'm I'm already feeling some anxiety from this. <laughs> but what what I learned when I do a success summit, for example, and I can be in front of the room teaching on something I know, people come up to me. So it makes a it makes the networking um, so much easier. And then I could, if I'm a real estate investor, I could find deals or I could wholesale deals. If I'm a broker, I could find clients. If I'm a lender, I could find borrowers. And so I think the education piece for anybody in real estate is huge. Um, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would completely agree with you. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's out of the ordinary getting to an event, especially if you don't know anybody there that it's, it's hard to talk to people. I mean, I, to this day, I still have a hard time if I'm in a completely new space with nobody that I've ever met before. It can be a challenge to just walk up to people and start start a conversation. So hard. You know, like especially when they're in their little clicks already, you know, and it's like, oh, how do I do that? Oh, yeah. And, and that's exactly right. I was going to bring that up. You know, they, what you inevitably see is people go to a networking event and they talk to the same people they talk to all the time anyway, and they just kind of hang out together. That's the complete opposite thing of what you should be doing. You should be out talking to everybody else you don't know, but it, it's not out of the ordinary to see that. So it's um, obviously being in front of the room, like you said, that creates people wanting to come talk to you versus you having to just go start a conversation. So what I would suggest to people is, boy, if you come to these events, it, don't be scared to ask a question. First off, uh, make sure you <laughs> make sure you have business cards. You'd be amazed how many people don't have business cards on. Um, but if you have a chance to get up and, you know, some events they'll do uh, haves and wants or things like that where you can get up and put your hand up. Just say, you know what, I'm looking for this. My name is Sean. My number is this or whatever. And that right there will generate people wanting to come talk to you. Even if they don't have something, they know you're looking for something. So they'll come talk to you. You know, it's it's just a way to create easier networking, I think. Um, so yeah, the, the class part of it is great, but getting out to all these other uh, events in town, it, you can't not go to those and expect to be successful. Yeah. yeah, I just love that we control the room. I mean, we go to the networking, like I'm doing this you know, pretty yeah. soon and you go to the RIAs and all that. So I, there is that and it's a big part of it, but for us, if you control the room, you create the room, you're the expert. It just makes everything so much easier. Oh, yeah. now, is it a little bit of work? Yeah. Is it, could it be a little cost? Sure. Um, but we always hear about all this online stuff. Like let's, let's post on LinkedIn and write articles and, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But would you find, do you find that it's much easier to get business being live and shaking hands and, or you like the social media? Uh, you know, it, there Obviously, each of them has their place. I think being in person, face to face, um, I think that is more. I think you have a better chance of success being face to face than you do just being online and and trying to get people to interact that way. Um, 
face to face just gives people a, a sense of comfort. You know, they're they're talking to you face to face. They can they can um, just kind of get a sense of of you as as the expert and and get a better feel for you versus just communicating on email or or online or in a Facebook group or something like that. I mean, obviously there's platforms for all that stuff, but yeah, if it's, if it's up to me, my, my preference is face-to-face -face, um, doing classes all day long versus doing anything online. Yeah. I mean, when I we, totally when agree. we were dealing with the lockdown and nobody could go anywhere, we did the, the online webinars once a week, the lunch and learns, and we had decent success doing it, but it, it can be a challenge because you don't know if people are even paying attention. You know, or if you're sitting in front of a room, you can tell if somebody has a question, even if they're not raising their hand, you can tell the look on their face that they have a question. But if you're doing it online, you have no idea. Right. Yeah. So the online stuff, I was where I was going with that is our YouTube channel, because we were pretty proud of that. But it's, it's still, even as hard at work it is and the money and all that, we do get business from it. So that's true. But it, I don't think I'm not as close to it as you are, but I don't think it converts as well as like a success summit or a, or a class. No, I don't think, I don't think it converts as well. Um, I mean, like we said, we haven't, we haven't really dug into it, but just the gut feeling is it doesn't close as well. I guess if you want to say that, close it and get a deal done. Um, I do know people love the videos and, and we, I get people all the time. I'm saying they love seeing a video come out every Friday. And, and the fact that we'll, uh, We'll put our blooper reels in there every once in a yeah. while. <laughs> we're, we're probably due for one of those, aren't we? Yeah, let people see uh, what it's really like when we spend time making these. And but it's fun making them too. I mean, we, you know, I'll I'll come out there and and we'll spend an entire day and we'll make twenty five videos in a day, which seems crazy, but it's just fun. I mean, we we like talking about this stuff. We like interacting with people. So if we can just quick record it and send out a five minute video every Friday at least piques their interest and makes them want to to talk to us more and reach out more because they've seen you know that we know what we're talking about or we see maybe a little more laid back than some people would be if they're watching a, a webinar or something like that yeah and so these podcasts these are all going to go up on our youtube channel too so you might be watching this from the youtube but if you're listening to it you could find the youtube channel at youtube backslash pine financial um, it is something, Sean, that we're super proud of. It's, and you're right, it's about five-ish minute videos once a week, and it's high, like high content, good information, high content. Does that even make sense? High level content, but I love it's that. like, it's yeah, quality. It's full of content, short videos, point, to the point, direct. You know, we're not trying to sell you anything. It's all education stuff where we... It's the same reason we do the classes. We want people to be educated when they're out there doing this stuff. And and it's uh, that's that's the whole purpose of doing it is getting people educated. And obviously we want them to come talk to us more. So it's um, it's something that we like doing and and having them come out every Friday is is a nice way to do it because it gives them a little teaser and, and they can look forward to the next one coming out the next Friday to see what we're going to talk about. All right, man, we're going to wrap up here. I'm going to ask you this question. Yep. How has real estate changed your life? <laughs> real estate has changed my life drastically. Um, it made it so that I could create the life I wanted to versus someone telling me, this is how your life is going to be based on how we're going to let you do things or not do things. You know, um, being in real estate, 
makes it, I mean, even though I work for Pine Financial, I'm essentially self-employed. Um, it, it's made it so that I can, I can attend every single event my kids have for school, or we can go on vacations around the, around the world. Um, the, the people in our office all give me a hard time because we travel quite a bit, but yeah, you guys do. <laughs> what, what else are we doing this for? Right. Right. That's right. Uh, I want to experience things. I want to see the world. I want my kids to see the world. So real estate has made it so that that's all possible and still, still make it so that I enjoy doing it every single day. You know, I don't, I'm not tired of it. I don't, you know, dread going and having to teach a class or dread having to get online every single day or anything like that, or answer the phone. I love doing this because there's always something new. It's never, you know, it, granted, all of it is some, somewhat similar, but there's always something to get, you know, figured out or, or new ways to get deals done. So let's figure out how to do this. And the, the fact that we're touching on commercial stuff makes it fun, too, because those are a whole different animal or we've got new construction or I mean, it's just it's fun. I love doing it. I love I love watching people, you know, like Anthony start from zero and and be a millionaire now or you know, watch neighborhoods other than in Minneapolis get transformed and, <laughs> right. and you know, take take the worst house in the neighborhood and make it, you know, so that somebody wants to move into it. I, I don't know. I just like seeing all that stuff and, and being part of it um, makes it enjoyable and makes it something that I love doing. So, yeah, real estate is has changed my life for the better exponentially. And I mean, my what I would tell anybody is if you're thinking of getting into real estate in any way, shape or form, don't hesitate because it's it's obviously done wonders for me. And most of the people I know in real estate are under the same, you know, uh, same opinion that I have, you know, the wealth, it's an awesome way to give you your time back, you know, so. Yeah. Well, with that, is there any piece of advice or maybe a newer investor or someone new to content creation? Any advice you want to share? Uh, I, I, I guess I would say to a new investor is just don't, don't be scared, you know, just obviously get the education you can get. Don't feel like you've got to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get education. You get education for essentially free in a lot of aspects or, or your local, your local um, real estate clubs or lenders like us that teach classes, you can get, a, you can get the stuff for pennies on the dollar. You're going to get the information, but then take that information and actually use it. You know, don't, don't just sit on the sideline and, and watch videos all day on how to do this and then wish that you were doing it. Actually yeah. go out there and do it. Take the risk. Yeah, it's going to be a risk, but you know what? The reward is, is huge. And, and even if you don't kill it on the first one, you most likely learn that more than you would if you spent thousands on classes and everything else. So just don't be scared. Just do it. I love that, Sean. I was actually just interviewed on another someone else's podcast yesterday and this came this exact topic came up and and his advice to his audience was go out and get educated you gotta you gotta understand what you're doing and, and go study and all of this and although I don't necessarily disagree with that, the problem I have with that mentality is that you could learn forever, like you just said, and and never do a deal at all and never make any money. We see it all the time. And the paralysis by analysis or whatever it is, is such a real thing. So um, yeah, learn enough to to maybe get a little confidence and then go out. You got to go out and try. You got to go make offers. You got to, you, you got to try, right? And so I would just, right. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, and if you're, if you're really hesitant, 
find a partner, find someone who has done a few deals and, and learn from them. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. If they know how to get things done, work with them. I mean, it's, and, and don't think you have to know everything before you go start doing this. I mean, I've been in this over a decade. You've been in it almost 20 years. We're still learning stuff every day. Oh, all the time. You know, and, and you're always going to be able to learn. That's another great thing about real estate. There's always something to learn. There's always something to, to adjust. I mean, it's just, don't be scared. Just go do it. Yeah, I love it. All right, so how do we reach you? Uh, you can reach me at sean at pinefinancialgroup.com or you can just go right to our website, www.pinefinancialgroup.com. Love it. Well, I'm looking forward to our success summit. I know yeah. it's not until February, but um, <laughs> looking forward to that. I, I know you're coming out here pretty soon to do a little yep. celebrating with us. I'm looking forward yep. to that as well. Um, so appreciate, appreciate you, man. Uh, we would not be who we are or what we are without you. And so thank you for everything you do. Thank you for saying yes to me when I made you that offer. <laughs> I know that was a tough, scary decision for you. And gosh, look at, look at what we've done, man. Yeah, it was, it was a tough decision, but boy, looking back on it, I am, I'm so glad I did. And I would be kicking myself if I hadn't taken that risk. It's uh, it's been a hell of a ride and, and we're just keep rolling with it. And that's right. And yeah. It's just, I love it. I love it. I very, I very much appreciate that you gave me this opportunity. Uh, appreciate you. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go. Um, love you. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good, bud. Thanks. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah. And tell a friend.